Hello, and welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. As you know, if you've been listening, we're going on a journey through the symbolic imagery you find on the 22 major arcana of the tarot. But you know what? We'd really love to do the minor arcana, too. Problem is, it takes a lot of time. Mel spends hours each week writing content for the website. I spend hours doing sound editing, and we both spend hours doing research for each esoterically saturated episode. We love doing it, obviously, but all that time adds up. Still, we've promised ourselves that if we make our goal on Patreon, we'll set aside the time to do the minors too. And that's where you come in. Patreon lets you support Fortune's Wheelhouse by designating a small contribution each time we produce an episode. That moves us closer to our goal of being able to esotericize, is that a word? I think I just made that up, uh, to esotericize the whole deck for you. Plus, you get access to all our patron-only content and extra features, and at the $3 level and above, you get a chance to win these insane weekly giveaways we've been doing. We're about halfway to our goal already, and we've got 12 weeks to go before we have to decide one way or another. So head on over to www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, and you can literally buy us some time to do the minors. We'll be able to answer questions like, what happened to the Three of Swords, a card which used to denote marriage? What's that tree of life doing on both versions of the Ten of Discs? And why are the pages secretly more important than you ever thought? Anyway, it so happens this week is a really good time to become a patron, because we're about to do a very special giveaway. Just this once, for the Hermit episode, we're offering a reading for one lucky winner. One question, custom spread, written reading sent to you by email. If you've ever wondered what it would be like to have your cards read by Mel, or by me, now's your chance. Subscribe at the $3 level or above, and you could be the winner like Pasha from New Hampshire, who won our giveaway last week. Again, you can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, and our drawing for the reading will be open through this Sunday. Good luck! And now, here is Fortune's Wheelhouse. What's lonelier than Reaching the top alone Climbing up isn't so Feeling like a solitary ghost Today, we are going to talk about The Hermit, a card that's very dear to both of our hearts. I am a Virgo, and Mel has like three three, three, three planets, planets in Virgo. Virgo. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. I also have uh, Mercury exalted in Virgo, and Virgo is very important to us, in short. Uh, the first thing that we usually do, right, is talk about titles associated with the card. And... In this case, well, of course, we have many variations on the hermit, always have in many languages, dating back to the earliest tarot decks. I've also seen the priest, uh, the old man, <laughs> il gabo, which means the hunchback. Um, and, oh, you know, I saw there are some really nice references to the hermit 
not just as a mercurial figure, but as like a Saturnine or time or Kronos figure. So I, I saw one reference where he was called the Rerum Edox, the devourer of things, which I think is, you know, really beautiful. <laughs> if I have, if I ever get a dog. <laughs> Rerum edox. <laughs> That'd be hard to call him. Yeah, it would be really hard. If I get a, another dog, I'll name him Belvedere <laughs> so that I can do the famous cartoon call. I don't know. Oh, Belvedere, <laughs> come here, boy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. And that's my impersonation. <laughs> All right. Um, and the hermetic titles are Magus of the Voice of Light and mm, that's Prophet not the ones of the I Gods. Have. Oh, really? What do you I have? I have the Prophet of the Eternal. Prophet of the Eternal. Okay. And the Magus of the Voice of Power. Hey, but uh, what's the hermetic title of the Magus? Because that's it's Voice very, of Power, right? No, the, the, the Magus of Power. The Magus of Power. And the Magus of the Voice of Power. So it's like one step removed. Yeah. And that's something that I figured we would end up talking about because right. I see obvious connections between these two yes. cards. <laughs> yes, there's loads of connections between these cards. Um, and in fact, I don't see why we can't just get right into it since we're speaking yep. of Mercury and the Magician. So um, um, for the titles anyway, though, so I always like to try to think, well, what are they trying to say with these hermetic titles? And mm -hmm. um, when I hear the prophet of the eternal, it makes me think of time and mm -hmm. the Saturn connection, mm -hmm. even though this is a card of Virgo, but there's still a Saturnine yeah. el element to it. Um, yeah. And that comes in from the element of Earth. It, this is mm -hmm. re the most refined form of Earth, so it's like the final form of Earth. And when you think of Earth, you think of the card of the universe, which is both Earth and Saturn. And Saturn, right. So, right. And then we got Magus of the Voice of Power, so if we, want, we could jump in and start talking about the connections between the Magus mm -hmm. and the Hermit. And the Hermit, because, of course, uh, the, the most obvious connection is that the Hermit corresponds to Virgo, and Mercury is the ruler of Virgo. Um, which, and Mercury is the Magus, in case you haven't Mercury, listened to that episode The yet. Magus or the Magician, so that's episode one. So, yeah, and not only is Mercury the ruler of Virgo, he's also exalted in Virgo. He, it's his happy place. So, um, so. Right. So he's, uh, oh, and there are definitions of what, um, it means to be exalted or mm -hmm. in rulership of a sign on the, uh, podcast pages for subscribers. There's all sorts of extra content like that in case you, perhaps don't know all the uh, astro lingo. <laughs> and that's at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. Uh, it's, it's a great reference. So be sure to check out anything you're not quite sure about. So anyway, back to um, the magus and the hermit. If you look at the, the tree of life at the path, now we'll get into talking exactly about the path later, but one mm -hmm. thing that's noticeable is that, so the hermit's path is at this diagonal that goes from Hesed to Tiferet, and it's at this um, this diagonal angle. Mm -hmm. If you mm -hmm. look above the tree, that diagonal angle is mirrored in the path of the Magus, which mm -hmm. goes from the first 
Sephira of uh, Keter to mm-hmm. um, Bina. So it's like they're so, two sides of a yeah, parallelogram. Right. <laughs> we're both like tilting our hands yeah, to the yeah, side. You can't see this, but we're, we're, we're both making strange <laughs> gestures here. So, And so not only is it like that same angle, but the other thing that strikes me is that Hesed is considered like the Keter of the below the abyss. So it's the mm-hmm. first Sephira below those three supernals up above. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've often thought of the fours, you know, the four being Hesed, as being the aces of the material world. Mm, nice. So, yeah. So again, so you have the from the first to the, you know, next path mm-hmm. down. It's kind of like a mirror image. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, mm-hmm. the hermit is like the refined magus card and which the magus is actually one step from the fool so i look as the hermit as on the fool's journey he starts out as the fool mm-hmm. he splits you know into one of the magus and then eventually in his most refined form he's the old man you know further along in his journey they're both you know solitary wanderers mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm mm-hmm and it's really interesting to think about, it's interesting to think about the fool as a wanderer, as a traveler between worlds, because Mercury is a psychopomp figure, a figure mm-hmm. who travels between this world and the world of the dead, or really pretty much any world he wants, above or below. And that's, that is something that is particularly interesting, I think, in these two cards, because we see him traveling above to this mountaintop, but in the Thoth deck, there's Cerberus. He's traveling to mm. the underworld. So, right. you know, mountain or, you know, reaching up for the divine above the earth or traveling down beneath the earth. Well, the path goes both ways. Either mm-hmm. way, it's a slope. Mm-hmm. You're either going <laughs> up it or you're going down it. Yeah. And um, what goes up must come down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a there's maybe a difference in the way that Waite conceived it and Crowley conceived it because uh, Crowley really talks about uh, Virgo as being the crust of Hades, as you say, the you know that that refined form of Earth. Um, Although in a way that you could look at it as even in Waite's card, they're both facing the same direction. They are. They're both looking downward, so mm-hmm. it's almost like they're both starting from and and going down on that slope and mm-hmm. you, you could consider Waite's card as he's standing on the top of a mountain he you could know, be, rather yeah. than climbing a mountain yeah and descending from mm-hmm. there right right so so he's at the top uh looking down illuminating with his lamp and as far as like sort of more common or mundane meanings of Virgo I think that's that's meaningful to me because you know Virgo is always trying to shine a light in dark corners, always looking for the little things that everybody else misses. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes maybe not. Someone's got to see the trees. <laughs> Someone's got to see the trees. Exactly. Okay. So the hermits associated with Virgo and then with the minors, that gives us the three Virgo minors, the eight, nine, and 10 of pentacles or discs. Uh, they are the Lord of Prudence, the Lord of Gain, and the Lord of Wealth. They are such nice miners, and yeah. I'm biased, but <laughs> I just love them. I'm partial to them myself. Yeah. So, um, so starting with so-called Prudence, um, the Eight of 
pentacles or the eight of discs. That's the sun in Virgo. Mm-hmm. So, um, or the sun ruling the decan of Virgo. Yeah, the sun, sorry. Yes. I think it's an important distinction. It is an important Just for, distinction. for me, me, it is saying the sun in Virgo yes. to me conjures up too much of the whole natal, uh, the natal interpretations chart. of the planets, mm-hmm. whereas distinguishing by saying the decan itself ruled by that planet, it's almost like, I can see the similarities, yes. but it's a different way of, of looking at it. It's a different way it. of thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, so when we talk about the, um, you know, a planet in a sign when we're in the decans, we're talking about face. We're talking about the rulership of the decan by the planet. Right. So, you know, if Venus rules the second decan of Virgo, it's not that Venus rules Virgo or it, and it's not exactly not, like Venus. And it's not like transiting through, through Virgo, Virgo as one of any of the 12 signs. It's, right. It's, right. There yeah. is that distinction, but it's yet that facet of the sign Virgo mm-hmm. that brings in that. Venusian yeah. flavor if it's Venus or exactly. well actually we, yeah so I mean so I guess you know interpretationally I've never been able to really separate planet in sign versus Deccan rulership it's not easy it's not easy but I think the emphasis is on the qualities of the sign you know right primarily it, right it's more through the lens of the sign than the lens yeah. of the planet yeah I yeah. think that's true. It's just a slight flavor, right. flavor of the Like I think the other sign. way, natally, you're looking at the planet in the flavor of the sign, where this way you're looking at the sign, you mm-hmm. know, through the sign as the lens through which you're, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than the planet as the lens through which you're right. interpreting, Right. I guess. Right. I guess. Or something or like that. We can try. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, so rather than thinking the, of this as the sun, you know, the sun in Virgo and all the Virgo natives, you know, we can think of this as like the sun, uh, ruling this one decan of Virgo. And so the qualities of Virgo are expressed in a solar way. Right. Know, so perhaps a way to put it. Right. So what we have here is a card of prudence, the idea of, uh, you know, there's a purpose to this card. There's a, it picks up on the agricultural uh, aspects. Right, the sun warming the earth, the kind of, uh, earth. as a picture of yeah. the fertility of earth, you know. Yes, and this is especially apt in the, um, if you look at the delineation of this Deccan in the Picatrix, which is, um, which is an ancient Arabic text that talks about the 36 Deccans. The first Deccan of Virgo is really particularly apt with prudence and with these cards, both in the right away and, and the thoth. There rises in the first face of Virgo, a young girl covered with an old woolen cloth, and in her hand is a pomegranate. This is a face of sowing, plowing, the germination of plants, of gathering grapes, and of good living. Nice. Which is so nice, right? Yep. And I also love this idea of, you know, in 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 these decans of Virgo, you have a mix of the old and the new, and the young and the old, and the growth and mm. the death. You know, there's a Saturnian yeah. quality to them, yep. and a quality of cl- enclosure. The harvest. And harvest, Right, exactly. the Saturnian, yes. the, the, yeah, so the reaping of young what has been wearing sown. wearing old clothes, wearing rags, which is, you know, my way of living, so I like that Likewise. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so there's this idea of, um, you know, this first stage with prudence where you, uh, where you sow and 
where there's an emphasis on the agrarian side of Virgo mm, and animal husbandry as well. Animal so it's not just too. plant yeah. plant yeah. Uh, cultivation, but you know the whole other side of the mm-hmm. living equation to be right. to be husbanded and harvested. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And then we have um then we have Venus in Virgo in the nine of discs or the Lord of Gain. And this is really interesting to me because this is one of those situations where we have a planet that is normally in detriment in the sign, but ruling the mm. face. And I once asked Austin Kopic about what happens when you do that. And uh-huh. so it's not that they cancel each other out, you know, his, in his opinion, he said, but, um, but that you kind of get both. So you get some alleviation from the rulership, the qual, the dignity of face, mm-hmm. uh, over the Deccan, mm-hmm. but you still have, you know, this, this planet that is not expressing itself as comfortably. So the, the, the qualities of Virgo that come out, I think, are the perfectionism of Virgo, you know, and the right. need to make it right. just right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that infuriating attention to detail. And, you know, Venus here is expressing itself in a Virgoan way or Virgo, Virgo is expressing itself in the Venusian details, like mm. saying, this is how my vision of beauty is going to be achieved. And I will right. not settle right. for less. The, the, the beauty <laughs> ideals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that has a certain, um, what is it? The, uh, it's also called the Lord of Material Gain. So it's, specifically expressing right. the arts in things and right. creating things that can be things. counted. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Things that can be appreciated and held in the hand. Yes. You know? The yode, the hand. In the, in yeah. The yod, right. Hand, right. Right. The letter of uh hermit. Right. And to me that there's a little, a tiny sort of signal of that in the nine of pentacles and the white Wade Smith, where she's holding her hand up with the little bird on it. And it's like, pay attention. Pay it's a falcon. It's not a little bird. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, the idea that, and that's the ideal of control over everything. Yeah, he's detail. hooded. Yeah, yeah, he's hooded, and you cannot do falconry without immense control, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, anyway, that's interesting. And then, and then we have. The, and she's got little Venus glyphs all and over she's her got dress. Little Venus glyphs all over her dress. I often think of her as one of the little, you know, faces of the Empress. Right. Well, she yeah. is she being is being em- Venus, Venus right? the Empress. Yeah. Yep. So Venus is saying hello through that. The Empress is saying hello in that picture yep. just a little bit. And then we have the um the Lord of Wealth, the mm. you know, and Mercury and Virgo Mercury. The hermit is, of hermits. <laughs> yeah. Mercury is both in rulership and exalted in Virgo. And this this decan is its degree of exaltation. So yes. when we see a planet, you know, ruling the decan in its degree of exaltation numerous times throughout the minors that is a one powerful card <laughs> yes very much so yep. right and being the final card of the minors it's even more powerful because mm-hmm. not only is it the right. the end of a cycle but it's that culmination of matter that the has ultimate n- descent. no yeah the ultimate yeah. descent that has nowhere to go but up or, or as right. crowley calls it the redintegration <laughs> of spirit. And that's not us being drunk. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is actually the word. Yeah. And what's great about this idea is that it, you know, there's, 
in the Thoth card, there's like a heaviness about it, like the coldness of coin and wealth, you know, the idea that death and wealth and go old together. Age, and yes, old age, And right. you see that in the weight card as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the old man as well as the young people. Right. The hermit as it's the last decan of the hermit, the hermit mm-hmm. being a symbol of age. And there's Saturn again yeah, in a sense. Yeah, the harvest and <laughs> right. the scythe and, right. this, you know, the reaping. Right. So there's like this finality in the third decan of this mutable sign where, you know, where things are finished and then you can reinvest them and feed people with the proceeds, but it, it, there, there is a death as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which we, you know, it's not something people usually read into the 10 of pentacles, but it's there. One thing I always consider with this card is there's wealth that's accumulated over time mm-hmm. and then there's Saturn again and it's built and it's built and it's built, but it's, you know, what, Crowley says of the card is that at some point it ceases to become wealth if you don't spend it. Right. You know, right. you can't hoard it forever and that you have yes. to use it to further your spiritual goals, if mm-hmm. you will. So then again, that's mm-hmm. back to the return of spirit, which if you go all the way back around to the end of the small cards, what mm-hmm. do you come to but the ace of wands? Right. You know? Right. So the the dead fruit becomes the seed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. I like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's, yeah, I think since there's so much Mercury symbolism and, and, and there's so much connection between Mercury and Virgo, why don't we start looking at Mercury symbolism? Okay. Next. Okay. Sure. Let's dive right into the Thoth where it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't see a lot of direct... Mercury mm-hmm. references in the Waite Smith card, other than mm-hmm. the color of his robe being gray, which mm-hmm. is one of the colors Gandalf. of Mercury. Yes. <laughs> Mercury Gandalf. Thou shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in the other card, we can certainly find some Mercury references. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The eight-sided... The eight-sided lamp that he carries would be one. So an eight being the number of Mercury because the eighth Sephira hode is associated with Mercury. Mm -hmm. And then Cerberus himself is a reference to Mercury in his psychopomp Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. function, the guide of souls. um, Right, right, right. Through hell, which there's some interesting things about that. So, you know, Cerberus is the the three-headed hound. And if you look at the three heads, there's uh, two facing forward and one facing behind. Mm -hmm. And so it makes me think again of uh, Saturn and the function of time, the past, present, and future. Past, present, and future. I like that. You know, moving through time. Yeah. And then I also, the, another, um, Crowley refers to the Cerberus figure as meaning mastery of speech, actions, and thought. Mm. And so that's part of what this, this um that's part of what the hermit's path is all about you know mm-hmm. mastery of speech actions and thought and it's it's a path of silence and part of mastering speech is to know when to you know remain silent uh-huh right we also have uh another virgo reference in the wheat wheat all over the crowley card yep. and back um 
And that, of course, refers also to the Demeter-Persephone myth uh, of the traveling back and forth. Down to hell. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the meaning of the word hell, so it comes from a word that means the concealed place. Mm. And I think that's really interesting because there's there's some titles that are associated with... um, the hermit, you know, the hermit has a lot of titles that are associated with Keter, and one of them mm-hmm. is the concealed of the concealed. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. also some references that, so you you always see him carrying this lantern or this lamp and illuminating things with light. But yeah. also there's the concealed light that's said to be within him under his robe mm-hmm. in, his, in his heart. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a conceal, you know, I don't know. So when I hear hell being about, you know, the concealed place, it makes me think of the, the light within. Yeah. Um, Another thing I was thinking about was that about this whole sort of mountain versus underworld thing is that Mercury rules two signs. Um, There is, you know, the air sign, Gemini, and the earth sign, Virgo. So he, you know, that's another sort of reference to his duality and his ability to go in opposite directions because air and earth are elementally opposite. Yes. I think of it as, you know, Mercury here in Virgo being the perfected Mercury, mm-hmm. you know, alchemically, mm-hmm. it's the the more refined version because it's the mutable sign. Mm-hmm. It's the you know mm-hmm. the last yes of the earth, of the Earth signs. It's the mutable Earth sign, right? And that's why when we look at the you know the ten of Pentacles, so the the eight, nine, and ten of Pentacles or coins are associated with Virgo, the last of the elements. Um, being Earth and the last of, you know, those three decans being in Virgo being associated with mutable Earth, the last three of Earth. So you get this feeling of sort of concretization and heaviness and earthiness with that. I don't remember where I saw this, but uh, that sperm in the corner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll talk about that. That's more a really with, cool one. Yeah. That's. Um... <gasps> Oh, I don't know if it was now who said who said this. I don't know if it was Duquette or Snuffin, but mm-hmm. they referred to it as a homunculus. Yeah, and it's yeah. from an old mm-hmm. illustration of the 1600s that showed the. If you look really carefully, if you get out your card or your magnifying glass, you can see that there's a little um, infant, a fetal, a fetal infant. So that is, he's got a little diamond on his head. See that? And oh, that's that's his skull. That's a, that's and a then he's human? curled up, holding his knees. See how it's like a curl. Oh up? yes, I see it. I see, see it. it. I see it. Oh my god, it looks like a I don't know a Pokemon or something. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be a, a, a you know a fetus curled up. Um, and it's supposed to be from this illustration of the homunculus. But mm-hmm. what's really cool, I think, is when I first looked at it, before I saw the, the fetus figure, it looks like a skull as mm. well. With mm. it, it looks like it's a skull with like a round, you know, yes. diamond on its head. I see it. Isn't yeah. that weird? I see it. And it makes me think of, so the, so this, this sperm-like figure is, is the, I, Somewhere, I think it was uh, in one of Crowley's writings, it's referred to the snake of life whose knowledge also brings knowledge of death. <laughs> so within, you know, within birth the right. comes death. Right, as so the death's head within the Yeah, sperm. so I don't yeah. know if that death set yeah. is really meant to be there, but... I don't know. I've also sure seen looks people like say it looks like a caduceus. So, you know, it's sort of like the symbols are for everybody, again... And then the diamond on his head, that's a four-sided thing. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of, Chesed. you know, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And another um, reference to Keter. There's a lot. So while this path isn't 
in, doesn't involve Keter, mm-hmm. there's a lot of Keter symbolism in this card because of the letter Yod. Because of the letter Yod. And right. we should probably talk about that at some point because yeah. there's a lot to talk about there as well. Yeah, I think we'll do that next. Um, I just wanted to also say that, you know, sperm related to fertility, Hermes as a, you know, in some cases can be a fertility god. Yeah, isn't that strange? You know, it's it's so the weird. sign of the virgin, Virgo the virgin, and yet the, the, the letter, it means sexual love. Right. And right. and it's the secret seed and the, the fertilizing seed. element. And so it's and the both, harvest. It's both virgin and fertile at the same time, which yeah. is and the, really cool. Which is really cool. It's something that's just, you know, profound to this card that it's really hard to um reconcile these opposites sometimes, but mm-hmm. they're uh they're always in there and they're always, you know, something that you have to look out for. I mean, especially, you know, Virgo comes, at least in the northern hemisphere, at a time when we harvest everything. So, you know, it's sort of like, okay, well everything is ripe and ready. Yeah, it's the but sign also associated it's with, die. with food. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. yeah. You see the knight of discs there and he's exactly. in a cornfield. He's looks more like a farmer than a and than a warrior because he's carrying like a, a grain flail or something. <laughs> right, right. Oh, and speaking mm-hmm. of Mercury references, I just thought of another one um in the Thoth card, which is look at his head. That's actually the head of an ibis. See the long beak? Uh it's, sorry, which where? Look at the head, his the head. head. Oh, yes. It's an ibis, Whoa. which is Thoth. Or really? Toth, wow. or Tote, or yeah. Tot. Or okay, so he is. However you want to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. So His this, name. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. thought that's an, there's another Mercury. I just thought uh, she doesn't like drawing faces very much. Well, she, so. she apparently she admittedly, <laughs> um, in her in her writings, admitted that she doesn't like... Uh-huh, it's Mercury, Mercury time. time. I have a um, app on my phone that does that. So when you hear it, that means it's the planetary hour of Mercury on today, which happens to be Saturday. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, I think in, it, there's some one of her, you know, letters. There's letters between her and Crowley, and she says something about. She either says something about not liking to draw faces, or he's responding to the fact mm-hmm. that she doesn't like to draw faces, and basically he he tells her that that's a weakness. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she told him to go screw himself. <laughs> <laughs> she probably did. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, you know, Orphic Egg, you know, the, the, the these themes of Yeah, the Orphic Egg. Now we and... have to talk about the Orphic Egg, but before yeah. we do that, w- well, what do you want to talk about first? The egg or the, <laughs> egg, so or the, the egg or the yod? <laughs> okay, I guess Which we are should... associated with each other. Which anyway, are associated anyway. with each other. Yes. So I guess we really should um, should go into the Kabbalah stuff now. Um, so... It's yeah, yeah. It's hard not to. And and actually, Mel. So so okay. So the hermit is associated with the letter Yud, right? Um, but 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 here's the thing. So so we have two letters in the Hebrew alphabet that mean hand, basically. And we were talking about this on the um, Magus uh, card, I think, where the fist was related well, to cuff. Kaf is not just the fist; it's the it's palm the and hand. the fist. It's both okay. because it's the we. We'll get to it when we talk yeah, about we'll the wheel, but it. it's that action of opening and closing that drives the wheel. So it's palm okay. fist, palm, palm fist, fist, palm fist, over and over perpetually. But the the yod is supposed to be the working hand, the closed hand, the um, the hand that points, you know, or the hand of manifestation. So it's not just that it's you know when. It's not just which side of the hand, or in, and it's not just open versus closed. I kind closed. of always looked at it as the the yod was the hand itself, mm. whereas the kaf hand is more the action of 
opening and closing the hand. Mm-hmm. It's more so it more an active verb, and emo- motion. motion emotion where this is more a, a solid the ha- the hand where well, that is more the motion of the hand. But that's just the way I've always kind of yeah I mean reconciled that in my mind. Last night, this is why I was up so late last night. So I was freaking out about this, these two kinds of hands and not understanding them. So I, I, uh, chatted up, uh, on Facebook, a friend of mine who went to rabbinical school and, you know, and he talked to me a little bit about, you know, the open hand versus the closed hand and the idea that the, um, the open hand is like the, the receiving hand, the, uh, the hand that, uh, is, more passive, the hand that is, um, let me just take the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, <laughs> which you know makes <laughs> makes some sense for the um, I just gotta bring up what he said because it was really helpful. I'm like, help, <laughs> okay. So, all right. So he said, in my understanding, this is my friend Hamsa, Yud is the forceful fist kind of letter and Kaf is more like a Hamsa, which is, you know, the open hand averting. The palm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> evil. Uh, blessing and receiving and holding. However, on the tree of life, Kaf, um, the, is on the pillar of force, right? And Yod is on the pillar of form. So there's that, and the, and the pillar of force, sends and the pillar of form receives. So there's really kind of a, you know, a cross, I don't know, pollination or a, a, a blending of meanings between the two. I don't know if that's any clearer at all, but it just kind of adds more into the mix. And he says that also that the cuff has has more of a protective association in his mind because it literally means palm. It's the same word that they use for the branch of a palm tree with its protective shading functions. Um, so, you know, well, we'll talk, we'll talk to, about it more when we get to the, um, the wheel. To the wheel, but there is that idea of Jupiter as the greater benefic and its protective functions. So anyway, so Yod as the, um, as the, as the hand in this case, is even more significant because it's the first letter of the tetragrammaton, right? Right. And that's um where it gets its hidden seed um terminology one of the places because the yod is said to be the first letter that well not the first letter but the what all letters are de- the shape of it is what all the letters are derived from so right. it's it's part of all 22 letters mm-hmm. and it also is said to be associated with both keter and hakma so the it's it resides you know somewhere in hakma but the tip of it mm. begins in keter because it has that curly comma shape yeah the very tippy mm-hmm. the pointy part at the top is said to be the point mm-hmm. you know keter the point from which all things first manifest so when you look mm-hmm. at the divine name of the tetragrammaton the yod mm-hmm. actually begins in keter but is actually hakma you know in its first force oh, I that see. first spark mm-hmm. of of that creates the whole universe mm-hmm. through the word mm-hmm. of you know the divine mm-hmm. name begins at that point and that's one of the names of keter is the mm-hmm. the point Mm-hmm. And also the hermit's shape in the Thoth card is like a Yud. I yeah. think that's in deliberate. In both cards, actually, they really, have that yeah. pointy, well, you know, he's got the pointy, got the pointy hood, hood in, in the weight card. You can yeah. kind of see the shape in both cards of that mm-hmm. that curvy, flame-like shape. Right. Another yeah. connection, I think, between the um, 
this card and the wheel card. Mm -hmm. So the number of the letter Yod is 10. Mm -hmm. And if you spell out the number, you know, if you spell out the word Yod, then the number is 20, which is the number of Jupiter. So it's kind of like a funny wait, wait. little... Uh, if you spell out Yod? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then you get 20, which is the Yod, Vau, of- Daleth uh, okay, adds yeah. up to okay. 20. So mm-hmm. it's a number of Jupiter. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But about- anyway, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, one sure. more thing about, mm-hmm. you know, that the way that tip goes from Keter to Hokma, that's mm-hmm. the path of the fool. Yes. So that's another connection between the fool and the hermit. Mm-hmm. So the, mm-hmm. the the hermit as being like the evolution of the fool in a sense. Yeah, and they have that same uh, that same posture, that same positioning in the weight card at the top of a mountain. Yeah, and that same gaze. Well, well, it's interesting because now it's like the in the in the weight card. It's like whereas the fool was staring off into nothingness. The, the hermit has a regard. He's looking at something. He's looking down. He's looking at where mm, he came from. Right. Yeah. Um, again, we'll delineate this or highlight this more clearly on the, on the tree of life diagram on the website. Uh, but you can really see that upper right to lower left direction throughout both cards from. Yeah. There's even on the, um, the Thoth card, there's the path is kind of illustrated by that beam of light that, that is higher than the rest of the beams that's mm-hmm. from the upper right and kind of goes through the sun mm-hmm. there. So. And that's from Chesed to mm-hmm. Tiferet. It looks like it's illustrating the path. It looks like it's illustrating the path. And so the sun itself is, would represent Tiferet in mm-hmm. the center of the, in the center of the tree. And then the light would come from Chesed, now, Chesed above. Notice mm-hmm those strange kind of shapes that aren't part of the light coming from the lantern as well. Right. I think Snuffin said that... Snuffin says it's a yud. (laughs) Well, I think, or I think it was Snuffin, maybe it was somewhere else, that that's a pyramid and a horizon. So you can kind of see that actually. See the the triangular part looks like, you can see like two sides of the pyramid, see the two different colors, like Mm -hmm. where his back is one color and the mm-hmm. wheat behind them. So it kind of mm-hmm. looks like the, yep. the two sides of a pyramid, yep. um, which ultimately has four sides. So is probably another, another Hesed, res- reference um, to Chesed. Reference. And then the, um, the the horizon line that is kind of going across the card diagonally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes, it was Snuffin. And guess what he called the pyramid? A phallic symbol? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, of course so, you did. Okay, so while we're on the, on the subject as usual, so here's the quote from Book of Thoth. Uh, in this trump is shown the entire mystery of life in its most secret workings. Yod, phallus, spermatozoan, hand, logos, virgin. <laughs> I mean, he just like free associates at the end on all his favorite yeah. subjects. Not even bothering <laughs> with the verb. <laughs> Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, um, so can we just like speculate? Let's talk a a little bit about what that might mean that it runs between Chesed mercy and Tiferet uh, beauty. What what that means interpretively for the card? I mean, we're we're gathering, I guess, the you know the light of the Father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the first place where you know the the light that originated in Keter ends up below mm-hmm. the abyss for the first time in mm-hmm. Hesed. And so that, that spark of light is being carried down to the card of the sun mm-hmm. or the sun, mm-hmm. or depending the on sun. how you spell right. it. Right. Either way is relevant. Right. 
Right. So that lends a little bit more spin onto, you know, from father to son, the idea of this spermatozoan, yep. the secret seed that goes from one to the other. But and the also, secret mm-hmm. seed is, you can also think of that as if you think of a fertilized egg, mm-hmm. that point in the center of a membrane, which is the glyph of the sun. Yes. You know, and that it's yes. a, there's another like Hadith reference, this, the secret seed that beginning that, um, that light within us. Yeah. And it just seems to me that, you know, when I see this card, I, I do tend to think about, you know, what is handed down from one to the next, from one generation to the next, you know, the thing that you have to examine closely because you didn't bring it yourself. You have to learn it, like, you know, bring those Virgo tools of dissection and analysis to bear so that you can you can accept the gifts of the people who came before you. And to me, that's sort of intimately bound up in this generation mm. or donation of light from Chesed. Carry, the carrying of the torch. The carrying of the torch. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm trying to the, say. The per- Thank you the for perpetual, translating Perpetual <laughs> lamp of the, the Vestal Virgin. Yes. We should just talk about that lamp a little bit, don't you think? Well, what can we say? I mean, it makes <laughs> me think of, like I said, the, the ever-burning lamps. I mean, mm-hmm. supposedly there were ever-burning lamps in, in ancient times where... M- that were said to burn forever, but maybe not forever, but some of them were said to actually burn for hundreds of years. They'd place mm-hmm. them lit into tombs and they were formulated such so they would just burn at such a slow rate that without a breeze down there in the tomb, but just enough mm-hmm. oxygen to keep burning that when some of these tombs were opened hundreds of years later, supposedly there's witnesses that said until we opened the tomb, that was still burning. And then a gust of breeze comes and puffs it out and wow. or whatever. And it's like, wow. For, <laughs> long so it makes the ever burning and so they, that brings in again that association the with Hades and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the underworld the again right right now we have a what appears to be a 16 pointed star in the um in the thoth mm-hmm. lamp which i guess mm-hmm. double 8 or double 8 or or didn't we determine that 16 was uh, was a number of fire and sulfur? Um, Did we? <laughs> oh, you know what? Crowley calls that the sun in the lamp. He calls it the sigil of the fire king. I think he just meant that's like a sun. sun. You know, right. I think he was being... Well, you know, it's kind of... This is an earth card, not, mm-hmm. a, not a fire card. Mm-hmm. Yet, there's a lot of solar symbolism mm-hmm. with it. And, you know, mm-hmm. the sun and the fire and all that. And it's it's a whole interplay between this, the... The fertility of Earth is because the sun warms the Earth. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of interplay between Earth, sun, Mercury in in this card. Mm-hmm. So that brings sure in is. a lot of fire. Yeah. And also, so the uh, the weight card, we have a six-pointed star, which, which is, is a again, direct reference to Solar Tiferet. To Solar yes. Tiferet with its the sixth Sephira, mm-hmm. as above, so below, with those interlocking fire and water triangles. triangles. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. And also the lamp, though. Another thing about the lamp, mythically, is that sometimes people read into this card a connection with the myth of Diogenes. You know, the myth of Diogenes, the the idea that this philosopher who was like, uh, I don't know, uh, one of the cynics, Greek cynic philosophers, uh, would pull this stunt where he would like, take his lamp out in the middle of the daytime and people would ask him, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking for an honest man. And he never yeah, finds yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's the sort of... Good the, luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
the unending quest of tr- for truth of Virgo, never knowing when right. to stop. For purity, the quest for purity. The quest for purity. The Virgo in ever quest for purity. And right. then the the whole um the lamp thing, I also thought of the Fana's light bringer. Oh yeah. Born from the egg. From so that egg. brings in the egg in in mm-hmm. the Crowley's card that that egg that the the hermit is apparently obsessed with there <laughs> he's right he's focused right. right on it and so there's a you know we could talk a little bit about well the one, orphic egg and one more thing before we go on to the egg is that um in in Marseille decks or in, in older versions you sometimes see instead of the lamp you see an hourglass and mm, that of course another is a Saturn Saturnine Chronos time. Yes. Yeah, so there's uh, a lot of Saturn reference, reference in these cards mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the egg. The egg. Um one thing that's you know interesting about the egg symbolism. So you see that you see that a lot in alchemy, but you also see that uh that symbol with the egg with the with the serpent around it. One of Crowley's uh, Liebers, Lieber LXV, <laughs> is the heart girt with the serpent. Okay. And if you, if you think of what a heart looks like, it's kind of like an egg-like oval mm-hmm. shape, and then it has the serpent around it. And mm-hmm. that's um, nice. all about the the quest to, you know, how – it's basically the how-to guide for your holy guardian angel contact. So in that, the um, – the Holy Garden Angel is compared to an endless serpent um, around the heart of Tiferet. Oh, okay. Um, All right. All right. It's like the serpent of Kundalini, Kundalini serpent that wakens, that, that raises Osiris in, in the sense that we are the Osiris and we are dead until we're awakened to mm-hmm. the knowledge mm-hmm. of our Holy Guardian Angel. So that raising of the dead is symbolic for awakening. So that's one... Thing that the egg um, could be referring to, yeah. But there's probably yeah. lots of Again, other things as well, right? There's there's just eras and and Thanatos, uh, fertility and death everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it also brings in an, another kind of Keter reference in the Ain Sof, the 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 oval that surrounds the tree that you see from which Keter mm-hmm. came out of. You mm-hmm. know, those oval forms are said to be like an egg mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. it's like i think i saw it referred to as so there's man's auric egg and then there's the cosmic egg mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. that which keter arose out of right said to be like the auric egg of god you know where man <laughs> has his auric egg this is this you know the the demi urges auric egg this yeah this yeah bubble mm. And then the the supreme achievement is supposed to be breaking breaking the Orphic egg to return to Nirvana and end the cycle of necessity. Cosmic omelet. <laughs> that was an and that was an alternate name for this podcast at one time. <laughs> <laughs> There's certainly a lot of eggs in it. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, you oh, know what? One yeah. more thing about the egg, though. Mm-hmm. So the egg, it's it's a container, right? It's mm-hmm. it's sealed up. It's a container and. It makes me think of this card as, you know, a metaphor for this card because the hermit is kind of a, a card of considered of solitude mm-hmm. and of like sealing yes. your, sealing yourself yes. off mm-hmm. t- in order to gestate something in order to, to, right. and you're maintaining silence during that time. Usually you're not out socializing. You're, you're, you're kind of going within on this inner journey and it, it's kind of sealed off. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a nine. So that's the number of uh, months in the womb. There's a lot of like, yes. you know, yes, symbolism there. We should there. talk about that too. And, you know, the themes of secrecy that sort of Yeah, secrecy and card. silence. Secrecy and, and silence. you know, the, the yod was the beginning of the mm-hmm. word of God, the, the mm-hmm. tetragrammaton that mm-hmm. issued out of the silence. And speaking of the nine, uh, we should... Also, maybe talk about the connections with the moon card, mm-hmm. uh, because yep. the moon is number 18, of course, and it is, and it's connected with Pisces. So you have those opposites, Virgo, Pisces. Virgo, Pisces axis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Virgo, Pisces axis. Yeah. The loaves and the fishes, <laughs> the, the grain. <laughs> and the fish. Nice. Yes. That's great. So, and it's interesting because there aren't that many, um, there aren't that many, uh, cards, there, there aren't that many, pairs of signs that reduce like that so you have uh, and that are also opposites so right yeah there's only one other pair there's inter- that's interesting which is um hang on i, I gotta run them through my like head it's not aries libra and aquarius aquarius that's that it? well technically well, if you do eight and 17 if you consider strength yeah, Leo. yeah, yeah. so yeah hmm, that's why i didn't think of it <laughs> i was why, using the yeah. other one yeah, <laughs> yeah. well and it's interesting because that of course is the the place with the loops on both ends yes here. so yes so but you know in terms of like opposites and numerical reduction you have them both like mm. cleanly in the hermit and the moon. So there are really, you know, profound connections between the hermit and the moon, which you actually uh, illustrate in Tabula Mundi beautifully, but which is not to be found explicitly in either of these I'll cards. I'll try to put up that card. Yes, when, please do. When we put yeah. up something for the subscribers. Um, yeah. And also, you know, the moon, uh, number of the moon is nine. Mm. And nine, you know, we mentioned nine as being birth, you know, the mm-hmm. number of months in the womb, but mm-hmm. it's also a number of death because it's the last of the single digits. It's the number, <sighs> yeah. number mm-hmm. of completion, mm-hmm. you know, so it's got, mm-hmm. it's got both, both ends of the spectrum there. Mm-hmm. So where And you thought the hermit was just an old man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, numbers, we, we got the Virgo Pisces, the 918, we have the eight-sided lamp. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So should we do color next? Sure. Okay. Let's hear it. So obviously there's greens. I mean, you can pretty much tell looking at Crowley's cards, there's yellow green, there's green, there's gray green, and then there's the (laughs) plum color of his robe, Mm -hmm. which he himself says refers to Bina Mm, in the princess scale. So plum in the princess scale is the where the color of his robe comes from. And bringing in Bina is, of course, probably partially the Saturn... um, the Saturn influence on the card. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about earlier, we travel in order color-wise through the signs. So with Leo, we had uh, greenish-yellow. Yellow, and now we have, have yellowish-green. Yellowish it's green. the other <laughs> other end of the yellow. Right, uh, right. Or well, the same, yeah, the same, just a little bit more green than yellow instead of mm-hmm. yellow mm-hmm. than green. Which is also And then you have the colors of the the Sephiroth of the two. Um, so you have the yellow of Tiferet. Obviously, there's a lot of yeah. yellow in the card. Mm-hmm. And then um, the blue. There's some Hesed. blue for Hesed that you mm-hmm. see there. For, or if for, you combine them, you get green. Yeah. You know, if yep. you like. Yep. Yeah. I You know, the greenish yellow is such a funny color. Um, I think of it as... Vernal. Vernal and also, you know, having to do with like yeah. Peridot, which is a Virgo stone. But also, 
to me, like when you illustrate poison, that's the color you use. And there's a reference to poison there is. in the Book of Thought. Which there I, is. I wasn't going to go there, but um, why, why don't you bring it up? Why not? Because um, <laughs> I figured it would be so confusing. It's so confusing people, and it's the... so weird. And other people have got to be confused. So why don't we talk about it? I'm going to just bring up the PDF of Book of Thought so we can find that reference. When you read Crowley, a lot of the time you're just like, okay, he was high. <laughs> but you know that there was something he was really trying to get at with the well, idea. you know, the more you read Crowley, the more you understand him because he, he's not. <laughs> Maybe always, you do. <laughs> he's not. Well, I, you know, the first time you read some of his writing, you don't have a clue what well, he's talking true. about. But yeah. the more of it you read, and he's so voluminous, there's mm-hmm. so much of it, then you start seeing the interconnections that he's referring to that you wouldn't even be aware of unless you started to really you know, immerse yourself in a lot of his stuff. So a lot of times he's kind of speaking in um, parables or... or, Yeah, always. I mean, he he never speaks literally. He's cross-referencing his own work and he's Mm -hmm. cross-referencing mythology and he just had an encyclopedic knowledge of almost everything. Yeah, and it all came out too in the books. Um, Okay, so he says these symbols are indicated by his serpent wand, which is actually growing out of the abyss. We didn't even talk about the abyss. There's the Bina reference. Mm -hmm. And is the spermatozoan developed as a poison and manifesting the fetus. What the? (laughs) So, um, I mean, I can sort of see serpent poison kind of yeah serpent poison and then there's the whole you know there's all those uh v words when you see his his motto with all those v's and Mm -hmm. one of the words uh, one of those v words which one is it virus or something refers to poison Mm -hmm. so there's a lot to yeah i mean consider does it have to do with i mean is it the idea of poison as something that infects you know that well i wonder if it's something to do with that whole the the snake the snake whose knowledge gives you knowledge of life but also of death at the same time yes, yes. you and know also the, the, the you death know, this inherent is associated in life. with mercury and the gift of knowledge and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and yeah so, there could be some you know, there could be something there i i mean i may be wrong about that but it certainly makes me think of that and just the fact that in being born, death is already inherent. So, in a sense, the, mm-hmm. the sperm is mm-hmm. a poison. Yeah, yeah, right. It's so like, you're getting yeah. taken. You're getting taken out of nirvana <laughs> and incarnating here, knowing you're going to die, right. and With the you have to death. do it all over again. If you, you know, if you, if you, right, subscribe to that perpetual, um, that part. Right. Within us that uh, remains. Right, right. And we do have these, you know, so many of these polarities and contradictions in this card, uh, life and death, you know, um, and old age and birth. Old age and birth. Right. Conception and and old age. Mm -hmm. And the idea of, I don't know, I also see knowledge as a blessing and a curse as well, Mm. um, to return to kind of a more hermit and hermetic Mm -hmm. view. Yeah, this is a card of, you know, purification in a sense, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Virgo itself being a sign of the virgin of purity and this whole introspection thing that happens where you go within on this journey to, mm-hmm. of discovery. I think it's it's a method of um, both purifying yourself and, you know, individuation kind of, you know. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's a tradition that the four virtues are supposed to be indicated in the tarot deck. So that's, um, 
temperance, fortitude or strength, justice. And then there's prudence, which is an issue because we don't have a prudence card. But there are those who say that the hermit is prudence. Which makes sense because if you mm-hmm. look at the title of the uh, minor card associated mm-hmm. with it, it's it's prudence, the eight of discs. Eight of discs, sun in Virgo, right. um, prudence. And I've also seen the world associated with it. But, you know, for our purposes. So it's kind of hidden in there, just like he's the hidden light. He's the hidden seed. The hidden seed, the hidden virtue, the hidden cardinal virtue. And, you know, that makes a certain sense when you think about it, the idea that, you know, prudence is a virtue that you develop from uh, from going places and seeing things and having experienced life. And that's what Mercury does. He goes everywhere. And then the fool you know, develops on right. his journey into his maturity. who has, who starts out with the opposite of prudence to developing that quality over time. Okay, that's good. I'm glad that we got that. Uh, I think we're down to the little stuff. Okay, so um, yellowish green. So that's the color along the color scale is about, you know, not quite at green, not at the yep. full green of Venus. Um, and I have heard that that's an F natural. So F natural for the hermit. And let's see what else. Oh, yes. And, ooh, and it's time to take out some smells. So, um, so Agrippa, I double checked this last night, likes to associate what he calls red sanders, um, with Virgo. But that I think is just a term for sandalwood. Mm. actually so or at least i'm assuming it is because um, i think i'm gonna like the virgo smells yeah Ooh, this is a bit earthy i like the vetivers and the yeah all those so there's a pretty nice sandalwood i have several of them but this is the one i brought uh let's see oh and i also have this blend which i use um i can't remember why but narcissus is also associated with virgo and i don't know whether it has to do with like that introspective quality of narcissus in the myth where he falls in love Mm. with his own with his own reflection maybe because he's so in love with himself he remains (laughs) a virgin yes maybe so yeah um there is like a, a a sort of chastity about associated with narcissus that i think is probably and the flower it just looks it's white and virginal looking so this is actually something an accord i bought called dark narcissus which i really like a lot i use it in my virgo perfume Hmm. and you know it's you know it doesn't remind you of clean laundry or anything but but it does have a sort of floral um purity to it which i like so those are the two i have for those um let's see anything else Okay, so that is the hermit. So long, Virgo, and adieu. Um, And we shall be back next time with the Wheel of Fortune. Very exciting. So be sure to join us. And that's our show for today. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. You can also show your love for Fortune's Wheelhouse by leaving us a review on iTunes or picking up a Fortune's Wheelhouse t-shirt or tote bag or mug at our shop, which you can find at redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse93 slash shop. There's lots of ways to be a hero of the astral plane, and we so appreciate your support. (laughs) 